How many thinks it's undeniable that Jesus is king? It's undeniable that Jesus is king. It's undeniable that Jesus is Lord. I believe it's undeniable that he was a baby born in a manger, as Scripture says. I believe it's undeniable that he was born of a virgin. Amen. This is Christmas season. But a lot of the church as a whole around the world says they believe these things, but then they'll say, but. So Jesus was born of a virgin, but maybe he used some other way in terms specific to babies being born. But I believe if the scripture says it, that that's the way it is. That it doesn't take my opinion or my logic or my mindset to control scripture, but scripture is just truth in and of itself. And Paul says there in that Ephesians verse that we've been studying, Ephesians 2, 10, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. If God is working on us, we should be using his work that he has invested in us as a resource to invest into others. So it's coming towards the end of the year, and I was just pondering and thinking, you know, with seasons, and life is full of seasons, right? Sometimes there's highs, sometimes there's lows. Uh, sometimes there's grief, sometimes there's joy. Sometimes there's a season of blessing, and sometimes there's a season where that you don't have enough to get through the month. Life is full of seasons. But in all those seasons, God purposes those seasons to keep us out of the mundane. I don't enjoy mundane. I don't enjoy getting stuck and just coming to church to come to church. Amen? We should come to church to receive something, a blessing from God, a word from God, not that we would hold it ourselves and just use it on our own lives, but we would use that working that he's working in us to go help and work on others. Not that we are out there manipulating, controlling, you know, doing all this, but we are using the work that he's doing in us, the investment he's placed in us, to go and help others. He blesses us to be a blessing. How many is blessed? How many is blessed monetarily? You've got more money than you need. You got more, oh, you're the only one in the front row. That, but you didn't see everybody else because nobody else says like, nah, uh-uh. Jordan gives everything she has away. She's like my mom. She, nothing is, uh, is sacred. And that's a beautiful thing to be a giver. Uh, we have a lot of people that's like that. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. The Bridge Church is just a giving church as a whole. I mean, as a whole group, um, when we give an offering here, we don't have to wonder, uh, is this going to be used for God's kingdom or is this going to be used for our community? Uh, you give out of the abundance of your heart because you know and you see the fruit that it produces in our community. And we're so thankful just to get to be a blessing to our community. But in this season of the end of the year, leaning into the new year, I, I just wonder, to stay out of the mundane, because in Christianity, when we come to Jesus, 
and originally give our life to him and dedicate ourselves to him and say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. You are the controller of my life. You have the final authority and say in everything that I do. You can tell me where to go. You can tell me what to say. When we're a new Christian and we listen for the voice of God and we lean in and, and make sure that we're intentive, that whenever he speaks, that I would hear. But in our Christianity, the farther we go and the more seasons that we go through in life, the farther we get away from that, that if we don't renew relationship with him on a continuum, soon we will slip away. And there's an old song that was always sang in the church that we're drifting too far from the shore and they, in the lighthouse. Because Jesus is the lighthouse. And he is the light of the world. And when we get close to him, we can see things more clearly. We're less confused. And just think about our lives being that little boat that's out there in the sea, and sometimes storms come. And you know how the ocean works, if you've ever been there, that if you get in that water, if you get in a certain place, that tide, it will suck you out. It don't push you into the shore because it looks like waves are coming in, but it really pulls you out. And that's what life is does to us that we're these little boats these little ships that have come close to the lighthouse and thank God for the lighthouse thank God for Jesus and as we're close to him and we see clearly and we're initially getting saved we're so close to the shore that we we really want to lay down an anchor and say I'm not moving but next thing you know the winds and the storms and the sea comes and the waves come crashing and then darkness comes and when that happens, sometimes it picks up our, our anchor that's in the sand and begins to pull us outward. Can anybody say amen? amen? So as that is happening, what are we going to do to get back close to the shore? To get back close to that lighthouse? And how close do we want to get so that we don't get drugged back out to sea once again? Because once you go out, has anybody ever been deep sea fishing? Everybody ever? If you've never been, you ought to go. It's pretty awesome. It's been a long time. We was kids, but mom and dad, they borrowed money one time to build a porch on the house, and somehow mom talked dad into taking us on vacation. <laughs> Never did get the porch finished, and then the double highway come in and tore the house down, so they would have tore it down anyway, so at least the vacation's still a memory in my mind. But we was little kids, and they took us to Virginia Beach, and we was there, and I, I remember the first thing we got there, the first time ever as a kid, seeing the ocean, and, you know, we're going to get there the first evening, and we walk down, it's like, we're not going to get in the water yet, everybody's got their clothes on, roll your pants up and all this, and you get down there, and they say, no, you, you can walk out in there and let the ocean, you know, feel it, and then you, you get out there, and I took a step out in there, we all did, and it was like standing here, and next thing you know, I felt that water pulling me, and I was like, and I fell down on my butt and got wet. Dad took his shoes because he thought he was in Lewis County still and set them outside the door, <laughs> woke up the next morning, and somebody stole his shoes. <laughs> you ain't in Lewis County no more. Who, you know, they took his shoes, and he had to go buy shoes, and I remember crying, being a little snotty-nosed brat that I was, and I wanted shoes too, so they got me shoes, and I just imagine Dad's thought, because Dad counts everything on how many hours he had to work to get it. 
So if, if he's going to buy something, he thinks, how many hours do I have to work to get enough money to buy this? So he, he don't consider it in dollar value, it's in time value. And he can tell you about the four-wheeler that we had, and he bought us as kids, and it was Christmas one year that he bought us a four-wheeler, me and Howie, and he, he can tell you today how many hours he worked at Tram Construction to buy that four-wheeler. So I'm sure as he's buying me a pair of shoes and, you know, all that, and the one kid that fell in the water, and the rest of them all stood up. There I was. I'm sure he can tell you how many minutes he worked to get me those shoes. But Dad's kind of an adventure type guy, and he, he loves uh, trying something new and tackling something, and he... He wanted to go deep sea fishing. You know, they got these big signs. It's like, go deep sea fishing. So it's like, yeah, but mom's a scaredy cat, and she won't go on new things like that. So she stayed back and took care of Netta. But me and Dad and Howie went out on this boat and, and deep sea fishing guide. So we get on the boat, and they take us out through there. And the next thing you know, you're going out, and I think it's like seven miles or something like that. If you get out that far, that you can't even see the shore anymore. You can't even see the buildings anymore. It just, that short of a distance, you lose sight of something secure. And anybody that's ever left the country and, and been away, uh, I've heard people even kissing the ground in Lewis County when they've been gone too long, come back home, that there's just no place like home, right? But in this boat, we got out there, and I remember, you know, looking around and being on those big waves and riding them out, and your stomach starts going on the opposite direction of the wave and next thing you know everybody on there is puking and then the smell of puke makes other people puke and it's just like puke city uh, should have been what they named the boat but they don't tell you that they just tell you the glory of catching big fish right so but we get out there and we catch some fish and how he caught some strange weird looking four little things with tentacle looking things I don't even remember what they was but I remember something pulled up and I was like that's really odd we don't catch those here, but leave it to the Kentucky weirdos to <laughs> catch something strange, right? So, but it was a beautiful thing, but I'll never forget the, the fear as, as a kid that set in that we were so far from the shore that I couldn't see land. And when we lost sight of the buildings, it's like, am I sure that that pilot's compass is right? What if the magnetic field shifted? And this is my scaredy cat tactics that I've learned from my mom, right? I've got a lot of her in me, and that's okay. It's like, what, what if we don't get back? What, what if we just drift out here at sea forever, and we're catching these odd, weirdo fish that probably not going to be able to eat, and it's puke all over the floor, so I'm not eating that either, so... The what ifs set in. But if we live our lives by an undeniable truth that God's word establishes our goings, that he will prepare a way for us. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit will be our comforter and our guide. And I'm telling you right now, his compass will never be messed up. When he says we're heading north, that means we're heading north. 
Now, human nature, we can mess things up because you can put a magnet around a compass and you can drag it any which way you want to go. And it's, it's changing. It's able to be manipulated. But guess what? The Holy Spirit cannot be manipulated. We cannot control Him. We cannot contain Him. We cannot box Him in. And we got, cannot tell Him what He can do or can't do. He's God Himself. So the Trinity of God that we believe in, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're, they're forms of God that direct us and guide us and lead us to truth. And I don't know about you, but I need more truth in my life. So my biggest question for this week is, I wonder how much we've learned in 2022. Have you learned any life lessons in 2022? There's some people that 2022 has been a hard year for. There's some people that 2022 has been good to you and brought new things in your life. And we can think about those life lessons that we've learned and those earthly principle lessons that we've learned, but what spiritually have we learned? So my question is, are you closer to Jesus today than you was January 1st, or are you farther away? Am I spiritually in a better place in this moment in time than I was on January the 1st? I can't answer that for you. Only God himself through the Holy Spirit can attest to your heart right now and say whether you're closer or farther away. And Joe Don's vulnerable. And just sometime about the past month, she posted on Facebook and said, you know, I, I felt drifting. I've I not read my Bible the way I was. I've not done the devotions that I was doing. I've not been praying like I was praying. And those little small things matter. That's what keeps us at that lighthouse. That is our anchor in our spirituality, in our Christianity, that God is calling us to live close to me, not that there won't be winds and waves and storms, but that you may see the light and that you would know the comfort that I am there. Jesus didn't stay a baby. I believe these truths. It's undeniable, the things we spoke about earlier. But guess what? He came to grow up, to live a life, to make disciples, to paint and say, this is the type of church that I will build, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And he told us all these examples and all these parables and all these stories. Why? So that we could live them out. And it wouldn't be contained just to Jerusalem or just to Nazareth. Or just to Bethlehem. But it would go to all the world. And we are extensions of his actions. And the reason he's working on you and me is that we can go out and do the works. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What are we working on?
Well, the old songs was, I'm working on a building. I'm working on a building. I'm working on a building. Yeah. It's a pretty good tune. I kind of like it. We're going to be working on a building soon. Amen. It's exciting to have the sign up there on the property. Thank you, Travis, for going digging holes. Uh, thank you all, everybody, for coming up for clean-out day when we cleaned up brush the first time. We need to have a bonfire. Shannon's on me big time. He wants to go and get it lit right away. <laughs> I don't know if he's got Earl Brown want to, too, so I don't know if it's a Wendy roast competition or s'mores or what everybody's after, but you, you better stay way far away from that pile if you want to. Um, You'll roast more than your s'mores. You won't have any eyebrows left. <laughs> but it's a beautiful thing to be in a place where that God is causing us to do work. And to do work for what? For his name. So he would be known to the multitudes and not just the few. Sure, Jesus had those seasons where that he would get down and he would just minister to a few. And there were seasons where that he would walk in a room that a dead girl would lay and he would tell everybody, get out of the room because I'm the only one allowed in here right now because God is getting ready to raise her back to life. There are seasons that Jesus was alone, but there was a lot more times that he was in crowds and in multitudes and he was preaching about the kingdom of God. God has a work for us to do. It's undeniable that if Jesus could have won the world by himself and in his own ministry just by himself living on this earth, he would have never died. He would have came and set up a kingdom and he would have made it his empire as a human being. But he didn't do that. He said, it's to my benefit that I go away and your benefit that I go away because God is going to use you to do what I've just been doing. I've just been an example for you to follow. And when you follow my example, you're going to see these works that I do, greater works shall you do. If God raised little, through Jesus, raised little girls to dead, I believe today that God can raise the dead. It's undeniable to me. Some people say, well, that was done away with. The last apostle died and just no more, that God don't do miracles anymore. Phooey! Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in here that's ever seen God do something in your life? He is a miracle worker. He's still actively involved in humanity. He's still actively involved in our church. He's spiritually coming into our hearts and telling us impossible things are possible. Why? Because he wants us to do his work. Not that we could get the feel-goods and the hair would stand up on the back of my neck like it is right now. But I, I love the feeling. I really do. But I love the feeling more so than just holding it for myself. I want my neighbors to know it. I want my family to know it. I want my friends to come to Jesus. Why? Because He matters. It's all that matters. It's undeniable that Jesus is King. That He's the Lord of all. In every name, there's no other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved but at the name of Jesus. We said that last week. Jesus. And when you're in the middle of a mess, and sure, hit the prayer group. We want you to do that. And you need to have a prayer team around you, and you need to be encircled by people like-minded believers. Know those that labor among you. I believe in all that. But I also believe that God hears you. And if you're in the middle of a mess, just say, Jesus, 
You don't have to have the right words. You don't have to have all the articulate. And you don't have to have theology. And you don't have to have a doctrine in ministry. You can just say Jesus. And the Holy Spirit comes running. Because he's addicted to that name. Do I have any Jesus worshipers in this place? Is there anybody here that knows he's the lighthouse? Is there anybody here that his Holy Spirit is wooing you right now, telling you, get back close to the shore? Do those simple things. Do those little things. And Red Letter Challenge is going to challenge us because it is a challenge. And for those of us who went through it before, I promise you, I've never been challenged more by a, a, a short segment than the Red Letter Challenge. And I'm looking forward to it again. And it's maybe it's, everybody might be saying, well, I went through that before. I don't know. I promise you, go through it again. And whatever we do, you're going to say, wow, I forgot that. And, and God's going to show you a new thing in it. And he's going to bring other things back to life again in it. We need to refresh. We need a reset. Amen? How many needs a reset? Just by a show of hands. Do you feel right now, I need, I need a spiritual reset. I, I, I need a financial reset. I need, a, I need a, a, a friendship reset. I need some resets. That's okay. And that's what God is doing. That's what new seasons are for. That's what the new year's for, a new you. And you get to choose that. But you ought to ask, Holy Spirit, what do you want? What are you asking me to do? What do I need to work on? If we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, what are we working on? What are we doing? Am I laying up treasures for me? Am I laying up treasures here on this earth? Or am I doing it for heaven and what it will be? tell Leslie all the time that my mother-in-law, she's the, where's she at? She's back there. Anybody don't know, don't know Karen? That's Leslie's mom. It's my mother-in-law, but it's I'll Leslie's mom. Wave, wave real big, Karen. Everybody needs to know Karen. So if you don't know Karen, you need to, need to meet Karen. I call her a jewel thief. When I first met them, I, I knew them for about a year and a half before I ever met Leslie, so uh, I've been around Karen and Ernie more than her. And, uh, my mother-in-law was one that I'd always call a jewel thief because if Pastor Wells said, well, we need some children's church workers or need a nursery worker, Karen would be back our first one. I, oh, what do I need to do? And she'd jump right in and go to doing. So, well, we need a bus ministry. Where, Karen, where, where's the keys? Where, where am I going? You got the gas car? We're ready, you know. And Ernie's dragging, she's dragging Ernie along. And Ernie's like, I don't want to drive the bus. What are you doing, Karen? You're volunteering me for everything. And I always called Karen a jewel thief because, you know, by ministry, working in ministry, you get jewels in heaven. So wherever we get to heaven someday, Karen's going to have a crown. It's going to be so big that she can't pack it. You know, so she stole everybody else's jewels. You don't get any. I'm getting all the jewels. I'm going to do all the work so I can get all the big crown when I get to heaven. <laughs> You're in I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed. Sorry, mother-in-law. We love you, Karen. There you go. Yeah. But truly, she's not doing it for any of that. She's doing it because... I watched Pastor Wells for years give everything he had to everybody else. And he had one son, his name's David. And David had a little baby named Sabrina. Had a little boy named Luke. And that's Pastor Wells' own grandkids. 
And he cared about them deeply, and he worried about them, and he worried about their spirituality. And I was up there a while back and talking to him, and he told me, those two little kids have grown up now. They're in high school, and one of them's in college, and they said their favorite Sunday school teacher and children's church teacher ever was Karen and Ernie. And if that ain't Jules, I don't know what is. If you want to feel the blessings of God, begin to work on his things and see if he don't fulfill your life. If you feel void, if you feel like you don't know your purpose, he does. Trust him. Listen to him. Do his work. It matters. The reset is you just hitting the button saying, Jesus, I'm going to allow you to be in charge. And it will work, I promise you. Won't you bow your head? Close your eyes. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, having been created in Christ Jesus for good works that God prepared beforehand so we may do them. God has work to do. And he prepared them beforehand that we would do them. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and that you would woo those here today that maybe have drifted too far from the shore, myself included. And God, that you would draw us back to you. That that lighthouse would shine far enough for us to see too far away. And God, that you would give us the ability right now and the strength and the courage and the passion to roll back towards the shore. And we would do that by reading our Bible. That we would do that by reigniting our prayer life. And God, that we would have devotions and that we would be back in relationship with Christians that would challenge us. That you would allow us to be community. God, that you would connect us as the bridge to do your works in our community so the world may know that Jesus is King.
that reset won't you just uh, as she sings this song I just want you to lift your hands and I know we had worship earlier where that we worshiped him but if you need to reset and you need a reboot and you are asking him to to come into your heart and refresh and renew things and strengthen you today to encourage you today for those that are hurting for those that are sick and afflicted among us God, we pray over those right now. And Sister Betty, we know it's a special prayer request in this moment. And God, I just pray over Betty. I pray over Bootsy. Pray over those that are having health issues. God, I pray over them that you would heal them. And God, over those that are here that are lifting their hands and saying, God, reset me. Reignite me. open up your heart's door and say here I am send me yes God make it undeniable God for the people in this room God Anybody out? Make sure everybody's connected to somebody. So if you gotta scoot over a little bit, get there to them. Make sure nobody's alone. I just want you to to pray for that person that's sitting there beside of you. for them, that you would ask God to move in their life, that that during this season of Christmas, that he would make them a giver, that they would go and sow abundantly in their community. 
God, I pray today for every person here. Lord, as they're connected together right now, symbolic by holding and holding of hands, and God, that they're linked arm in arm right now. God, I pray today that you would just encourage this body, encourage the people of the bridge. Lord, to do exceedingly abundantly, that you would come and do all that above which they ask or think. And these prayers that they're praying right now, God, that you would go above and beyond, that you would do miracles, oh God, for those that are sitting here today that knows of somebody that has a need that seems like it's impossible. God, I pray today that you would, your Holy Spirit would come and minister the possibilities in their ear, that you would whisper and that they would know that it would be undeniable, God, that the people of the bridge believe that God, that Jesus is Lord. And that by His name, that's, that we believe that by His name that the people that are sick would be healed. That we would believe by His name that people are lost and too far from the shore would come home. That we would believe, God, for those that don't know You, that's never heard about You, that they would hear from our voice and that they would know that Jesus is King. God, do what only You can do. Give us passion. Give us purpose. Lay it upon our heart the works that you would have us to do for our community. Help us to be an example. That we would be encouragers. That we would be a blessing to our community. Bless your people so we can be a blessing. Work on us, Jesus. We are your workmanship. Help us to do good works because of the work you're doing on us. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody says, Amen. So Wednesday night Bible study we had here there the night, and Amy made some awesome chili, and Joe Don made some whatever Mexican, I don't know what it was called, but it was all good stuff, and Albie brought some killer crackers, I, I, just so you know. I mean, they was the best crackers ever. They was in a little pack, and I was over there stealing them, you know, like four or five at a time. Next thing you know, I looked over at just a few left, and then Dusty went over and finished them off, I think, but in case you didn't know, I love crackers. But um, we had a wonderful um, lesson that we watched a video about children of Israel and, and how that God caused Abraham to give a, a big, big gift to some strangers that he didn't even know that showed up at his house and how that those three came and he, he asked his wife Sarah to go and bake bread and he gave it to them and he said, you know, in, in terms that that was about 75 pounds of bread and he talked about how big of a gift that was and they had done all the work of sowing the seed, of going out and getting a crop, of getting the wheat, and you know, and, and then making these and giving it away. It's like, I did all the work, Jesus. <laughs> he's, saying, he's saying, give. It's a season to give. And I, I challenge the people Wednesday night to do this, to just, and it doesn't matter if it's a, what, what the gift is, because gifts are gifts. It doesn't matter money there's no monetary amount I don't want to say any amount you can give 50 cents or you can give two thousand dollars whatever you want to do not to the church not to the church you're going to buy a gift and you're going to wrap it and you're going to carry it around and you're going to wait for the Holy Spirit to say that is your person so just 
I want, I want everybody that can to do this. Buy a gift and pack it around to find somebody to give it to. And I, I've told people before that I've dreamed about this and I've dreamed about this and this is one of my goals I've had forever. And I've, me and Leslie's been blessing people and I'm, I'm just bragging on what God's done because he's blessed us so much. We, we've given $100 tips and stuff, but I've prayed and prayed and prayed about that, that God would bless me enough to where that someday I could walk into a place of business and sit down and eat and bless somebody with a really big tip. And I think this is the year. So I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip somebody a, a tip that probably they'll never <laughs> never have before. and I, Maybe they'll have it again, but this is the year I'm going to do it. I'm just making my mind up, and if that means i got to do without, I'm doing it. Because it's not about me. It's about I can tell that person about who blessed me. Because I come from nothing. I watched my dad tool with his hands his whole life and work hard and barely get by. And now I've seen him blessed and highly favored because my mom has always given. She's always been that giver. And she's all, and it will it will come upon your household. And my dad is blessed today. And that blessing goes from generation to generation, scripture says. And this is the year. So I know what my gift is that I'm going to give. And it's going to be a good one. And I challenge you to do as much as you can. But if you can't do that much, do what you can do. Find something you can do and give to somebody. Because the Holy Spirit's going to tell you. And if you pack it around, people's going to ask you, well, who's that for? Just say, not you. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> when they say, what do you mean? You say, just, I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to tell me who to give it to. They're going to start praying. <laughs> we're his workmanship in Christ Jesus let's go do good works amen let's all go give a blessing that uh, God has blessed us and be a blessing to others so if you can do that please do that if you can't come see me I'll help you get a gift if you can't and, and we'll make it happen because I want the bridge to be a people known 